to Let's Talk to Animals. Uh, my name is Shannon Katz. I'm an animal intuitive and sensitive, an animal communicator, if you will, and Reiki master practitioner here at Animal Love Languages. And that's Pearl Katz. Those of you who are listening to the podcast version, those of you who are watching know exactly who you're listening to. If you've landed here at Let's Talk to Animals for the very first time, welcome. Yes, we are all about demystifying, de-wooing, if you will, all things animal communication. And that means we are talking with animal intuitives, animal communicators, animal light workers from all walks of life, sharing their stories. How did you get started? How did you know that it was happening to you? How has your journey progressed? And how has it changed your life? You know, what has this work brought into your consciousness that is transforming you? And so today on Let's Talk to Animals, we have Sammy Thompson all the way from Africa, yay, to share her rather unique journey into work with animals and humans and nature. Sammy Thompson, you can find her at Sammy Thompson, and that's S-A-M-M-Y Thompson.com. I will put that in the show notes. So grateful to have you and to be able to learn more about your work. Welcome. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you for inviting me, and it's lovely to be here. Um, I think you're doing a wonderful job um, and a wonderful work with sharing and, and um, having people share their stories. I think it's such a wonderful thing for, for so many who are just opening up to this or seeing different perspectives on it. Um, so thank you. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. And so what I always ask guests on the show to do, because we have a lot of folks here who are new, who are maybe questioning, wondering if it's happening with their own animals or with animals that come into their space. Uh, we also have a lot of folks who are just, they have a huge heart for animals and want to make a difference. And so I always invite each week, invite our guests to kind of take us, take rewind us, if you will, take us back where your journey started, how you started to realize that this was something that was happening in your life, and kind of how you began to those first steps and you wanted to have more of these experiences. Okay, well, um, it wasn't, I grew up on farms uh, with, with animals around me, um, but grew up with the typical conditioning and societal programming that animals couldn't communicate or that animals were a different species. Um, and, I, and so while I loved animals and always had animals around me, it was never a, um, a thing. I, I didn't think that they were lacking in intelligence. It was just the thought that there was a bridge we couldn't cross, that they, they, we couldn't communicate with each other. And um, about 14 years ago, the stable yard where I was riding organized an animal communication workshop, and I'd not heard of it before then. Up until then, I'd been a typical animal-loving human. I gave my animals food, love, shelter, affection, exercise. What more could they want? And so that workshop kind of started cracking those control centers or biases in my brain open to hang on a mo, maybe there's more than, than what I've been aware of my whole life. And, but it wasn't an immediate switch to doing the workshop and now suddenly I can hear every animal. Because, of course, this wonderful piece of jello inside this black box that's called our mind 
has we give it free reign in our lives and mine was running all over the place going oh no you're making this up and no, this you, this can't be possible and maybe you're not one of those that can do it and um people are going to laugh at you and all of these little voices going on at the back of my mind going oh no maybe not and so it took a long time of practice and of going delving in there and of continually chipping away at the self-doubt and the confidence and the, the conditioning and the bias and the programming that is just so ever present in our society and with us and um, so over the years just uh continued doing it continued working with it and um, and then um to where i am now and along with that journey it became a foundation i think for opening my perspective to so much more through that of course with the with the reiki energy coming along i studied reiki as well as along hand kind of hand in hand with the animal communication and along with that I was also then guided to um, look into shamanic practices and um, I, I did the, the, the receive the Munai key rites which are the nine rites of initiation gifted by the Quero shamans in South America um, and what's wonderful I think about that is those rites are planted as seeds in the energy vehicle um, and it's what happens afterwards that germinates those seeds um, and i think it, it is like reiki i think you would find as well it's a gentle process very subtle but very powerful that it starts to end with animals as well they start to pull you in the right direction for you to step onto your path of purpose if you allow them and if you can be open to them but again it, it's kind of where it all sticks and where it all gets started is is the mind and the brain which is fascinating to me, but it's it's how we can break that open. And so now I combine uh, animal communication with shamanic practice, with vibrational healing um, for both for humans, for animals, and for nature. Um, I would think that uh, interestingly enough, we humans need animals in order to survive, and plants in order to survive. Animals really only need nature to survive and nature doesn't need either humans or animals to survive and i also think that is the kind of levels of intelligence um whereas we're actually at the bottom and we need animals and nature and nature is the biggest intelligence that we are needing to learn from and open up to but that's just uh, my personal thoughts <laughs> that's how it kind of opened up for me and, and started for me it's really funny that you say that because I think to myself, you know, if, and I, I share this a lot on the show, but if we had a solar flare and the power grid got knocked out and there was no dinner and you put me and uh, our dachshund in the backyard in, and tasked us with finding something to eat, I can tell you who would get fed and who would still be hungry. So, you know, really, I love how you share breaking down those inner barriers and biases in the mind it does feel like the mind can be our greatest stumbling block and I have a feeling a lot of folks listening are really going to relate to what you shared about thinking oh no this can't possibly be happening for me this isn't real it's it's yeah, I'm making it up you know, and, and that I've seen that stop many, many people. It's still even, it stops me from time to time when, especially when I get information that 
my mind can't make sense of. Yes. So I, I, so you, so I'd love for you to share a little bit more about kind of how you worked through these. So you mentioned you did a lot of practice, but because now you're, you're, you know, you're, you're working professionally when somebody needs you, you're able to, to be present for them consistently and share, you've got a a variety of, of different services that you offer. So what got you through that? learning curve and that kind of how did you get your mind on board it took a long time but it was I think animals um that got me through it because they my animals um consistently kept showing me that it's real and I think there were so many um places where I put full stops or obstacles in my own way with my mind thinking that and what I've learned what I would say now and what I teach now is very different to the way I learned it because I think um, it's um, what I say now is that there was always a for me a, a sense that only a few people had this gift and what I've learned since is that we are animals animals are trying to communicate with us all the time we are the ones who have blocked it and we all have that same animal sense still within us that allows us to hear other animals. But it's not a mental conversation that we're going to be having. It's a full body sense. It's a full body conversation. And it's about learning to feel with the body, listen with the heart, and get out of the mind. Um, and so um, thank, thankfully, the animals are so patient. I have so much respect and awe for the animal kingdom, for consistently wanting to work with us. We are, um, we're thick sometimes, I'm sorry to say, but we, um, and when I started my own animals who took the time again and again to reassure me and to show me, um, I had a wonderful experience with my, my partner who was very typically, animal communication doesn't work and you're making it up and it can't be real. And so I said to him, well, give me something to ask our animals to do and then I'll ask them and maybe they'll do it. And this is at the beginning of my journey. And um, so we had various different cats and dogs at the time and he asked that the one cat who was very afraid of thunderstorms when the next storm was to happen, instead of hiding away, he was to go to my partner. Um, And the other cat, he wanted her, who she'd been a feral kitten, that we brought in and uh, she was always kind of very on her own off to the side didn't really want to interact with us much and he said he wanted her to come and sit on on the she would usually be in the cupboard or in another room or somewhere on her own and uh, i asked each of them with that think of i'm never going to do this and i'm going to be so embarrassed and other other than please will you do this and they did and that floored me, but I didn't want to show my surprise too much. I was going, yes, of course it will work. But inside I was going, oh, they actually did that. Wow. And so many of those times and other animals that I've worked with. And for a lot, so what I teach now is the basis of understand that the mind is going to do this. Accept that the mind is going to throw that doubt out. But you have to believe and you have to know that the mind is playing tricks on us all the time. And so what I try and teach my students is that um, reality is something and perspective is something that we that we each have, which is different to somebody else's. 
just to have that con continually cracking that open of it's possible, it might be possible, it can be possible. There are so many animal communicators out there. There are so many people showing the way. There are so many people who can, who are there. You and nobody, nobody's not going to get it. Everyone can do it. It's absolutely possible. And if you have your own animals, you're already doing it. You just don't know. Um, because most people who start the journey think it's a mental thing, that we're going to have a mental conversation with an animal. And yes, you, there will be times, but it's about developing the full body senses and getting back into the body because we're a traumatized species as humans. We live from here up and out of our, out of our body, dissociated and disconnected. And so when we start working with the body and coming back into our own body, Animal communication and communication with nature kind of happens as a side effect, a natural side effect, once we become more aligned with ourselves. Um, and so by focusing on this, suddenly everything else that we're trying to do, but at the moment we're almost trying to focus on a symptom of animal communication and go, I want to do that without doing the work here. And we need to start by doing the work on the body and getting back into the body, getting out of the mind, learning all of those things. And there's so many wonderful ways to do that, where as a, as a side effect or a consequence, then animal communication, suddenly all the animals are willing to talk to us. And I think that's another big thing, especially with wild animals, is we're such a toxic, we, 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 we have this, we're in our minds, we have this monkey mind, and we have this emotional stuff that we carry with us all the time. And so for wild animals, we, they're kind of like, well, I'm not sure I want to go there <laughs> and connect. But the more, again, that we can come into coherence and, and uh, harmony with ourselves, the more we can come into harmony with nature and nature responds then. Did you feel like the journey that you took and the shamanic rights that you experienced did you feel that that helped you what were some of the things that you did to really help you get in your body you know a lot of people when they start it's like i i i first realized that i could talk to animals when i got a download in meditation and i heard you are an animal intuitive and sensitive and i mean i've always i love animals and i but i didn't know what that meant and i've been meditating since i was 19 and i also come from a background where in a former career, I struggled with an eating disorder for 20 years. I founded a charity. We provided mentoring for people with eating disorders. Let's just say I wasn't very home in my body. And I've found certain things that I can do now. But, but, the, but, but the biggest stumbling block, again, it was mental. It was like, I didn't know I wasn't home. Like, I didn't, I literally didn't know I wasn't in my body. I was just so conditioned to head up into my head that... So what would you offer in terms of some guidance to somebody who's like, hmm, I've never even thought about that before. How would, how do you know, or what could you do? What were some of the things you did that helped you get into your body and really make a home there? Well, there are a couple of avenues or, or areas to work on. One of them being working with the mind. And I think, um, learning to focus the mind. Um, imagination is a wonderful tool. Now, imagination mm. has gotten a bad rap as an adult. Uh, we're told it's okay, to, it's okay to prepare for the worst. So we can, we can imagine negatively, prepare for the worst, and you won't be disappointed. But when you want to imagine positively, you're like, 
oh no, that's arty farty and it's for the creatives and it's not real and you can't use it. But yet the placebo effect does exist and imagination is, is an incredibly powerful tool that we use every day, but we use it negatively. We worry, we fear, we think of the future, we're imagining. And we base our decisions based on our imagination. Now we need to learn to focus our mind in a positive direction and imagine the best, imagine the better. Because by using imagination to open up to animals, it's the first step in getting this brain to open up and accept it. Because once the brain goes, oh, you've done this before, each time you do it, it gets a little bit better. And so you use the imagination And it's a wonderful tool to use with animals, by the way, in rehabilitation is to use imagination because they have the same neural networks that we have. The second area is to work on getting into the heart and addressing trauma. I think trauma in both humans and animals is not being addressed enough or is only starting to be addressed. Early life trauma, and we we are all traumatized at some level. There are certain, there are many things that we experience in early life that we are not capable of dealing with at the time. And so, when an experience is had that brings up an overwhelming flood of emotions that cannot be safely expressed, they become internalized and lodged in the body. And that then comes out, it's held in the subconscious, and that then comes out later as anxiety, um, unhealthy coping habits, um, hiding away, uh, whatever it is, it can, you can probably trace it back to some sort of um, early life trauma. And so um, there are wonderful programs out there that deal with um, early life trauma. Uh, one of them is The Emotion Code by Bradley Nelson. Mm-hmm. Fantastic to work with the self, but as well as with your animals and as well as um, with your family, because not only are you dealing with your own, remember that our animals are also coping and dealing with our emotional stuff through them, because I say that animals uh, animals are the biggest impacts out there. Um, the, and so by getting back into the body is by addressing those underlying ones that we might not be aware of, that's keeping our bodies, our subconscious set, you can't cope. I'm going to take you out of your body. But that became a coping skill. And so it became so used to being out the body. Now we have to address those underlying things. Another area to work on is getting into the heart. And uh, a program there that's fantastic is the Heart Math Institute. Mm-hmm. And to look at the Heart Math Institute and how to work with that again, because that brings you into alignment with nature. And one thing that the the, the shamanic practice has taught me is that um, we need to come into alignment with nature, with pristine nature. That's the other area that we need to find and we need to preserve the wild nature, not not the manicured nature, not the manicured parks, not because what that has happened is that we humans have come along and we have traumatized a space in nature to resemble our own trauma. Um, we need to find the wild nature because wild, pristine nature has got a frequency to it that when we can be in meditation in that space, we come into coherence with it. We come into harmony with that space. And when it is unattached and it's been preserved like that, it has an entrainment effect on us. That is so powerful because using the heart math uh, techniques, 
that can be used when you are walking around in our daily lives, which is filled with electromagnetic frequencies, which is bombardment of discordant sounds and all sorts of things that are that are affecting us on all levels. Um, and by learning to come into, I think what's most important is by learning what peace feels like. If we humans, we have a we have a, 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 a mind idea of peace being the absence of war. That's our concept of peace, but we've forgotten what peace actually feels like within ourselves. And it's really difficult to find that in our busy lives. And so as an, um, as an exercise, I always recommend going into pristine nature and spending some time there until you can find out what peace feels like. And then bringing that back into your daily life and learning how to generate that when you are with animals or when you are in your own life, because it has that effect, like being with therapy horses. That's what they're doing. They're bringing, they're bringing peace. They're bringing a sense of peace to the space. And by learning to be less human and more horse and more animal in our heart space, we can learn to come back to that. And all, of the, all that helps when it comes to communicating with animals. There's no one particular way or steps to communicating with animals in my experience. So it's about taking whatever steps feel most comfortable for you and using them, but using them from a space of heart-centered coherence, using them from a space of being able to be in your body and being able to feel the vibrations and resonance and frequencies in your body. And by using meditation or meditative practice, to quieten the mind. I think it's impossible to quieten the mind completely. I think you have to be in Tibet in a cave for 20 years with a village feeding you, then you might get a quiet mind. But I think we can learn how to quieten our reaction to our mind's thoughts and be less affected by them or less reactive to them. Um, and I think by using those three areas or tools, we can bring we can enhance the practice of connecting with animals. Um, and learning how to connect with a tree is actually a wonderful example or way of learning how to get into the energy of connecting with animals. Um, because by quietening yourself and getting into the space of being with a tree without having to listen to a conversation, you start to open up to the feeling of what sharing an emotion or sharing a space feels like and that's sometimes all that happens with animals and then the intuition is the the flavor on the edge of that that starts to spark up because intuition is very quiet and our minds are so very loud and intuition is the thing on the edge of that that'll start to come up and you'll suddenly go oh hang on a moment I can I got something there. What is that? Let me delve into that a little bit more. Or that little thing starts to peel as an onion and suddenly you're getting more and more and more of that coming out. So I think it's about also developing our ability to hear our intuition and by knowing what our body wants helps us get there. It's so beautiful. I'm thinking right now of my mother and I were in the car last week driving and she was playing 
something on the radio. You know, the music, we we were actually wanting to turn it up, but then the commercial break came on and it was so freaking loud and we were like blown back in our seats, you know, and it's often that way when we're watching TV too, if we still, you know, every summer, even on YouTube, it's like a commercial comes on and it's like, whoa. And then, and that to me feels like an analogy between the mind and intuition. It's like, if you feel like you're listening to a commercial break, it's probably your mind talking. If you feel like you're listening to something where you would like to find the volume dial and turn it up and it's intriguing and you're like, I want to hear more. What is that? That might be your intuition talking. I loved your analogy of a tree because I mean, it may not be the, the kind of pristine nature because not everybody has the act, the easy access to it, especially right now with COVID kind of like pushing, pushing us face to face with ourselves until we realize maybe we, we do sound like a commercial break in our head, like all the time. And what do we do with that? It's like, go find a tree. Like there's, you can find one tree or go, go find your animal. I mean, I was sitting here kind of just petting Pearl's neck feathers. He's a little nasty right now. So he's a little grumpy, but, and I'm listening to you and I'm just like the combination of listening to your voice and listening to my favorite topic in the world, which is talking about animals and nature and just adding soft neck feathers put me into this state of total bliss. And so it's like, we can have these micro moments where, you know, I loved your analogy of the cave, like 24 seven for 20 years straight, we're either going to be peaceful or we're going to be like insane or we're going to be dead, you know, but so let's try to string some micro moments together and slowly but surely realize that, okay, being in my body is kind of amazing. I love what Einstein said. He said, there's nothing's a miracle or everything's a miracle. And that's what I thought of when you were talking about dealing with the doubts and finding even creative ways to invite your partner to just play with the idea. Maybe it's possible. It's like, you can invite your mind to play with the idea. Maybe it's possible. I wonder, you know, get curious. Like maybe, maybe everything really is a miracle. Maybe it is. And and maybe that means this is real too. And, you know, it's still like, I'm, I'm kind of speaking to our listeners and our, and our viewers right now too. Like if you're still hanging with us, if you're still listening, chances are good. You've already had a little taste of that miracle. And that's exactly why we're here because, you know, your, your left brain that likes to logic everything out, make plans and strategize and make sure that everything makes sense and that you're adulting well enough is going to say, oh, but there's, here's two animal communicators right here. And there's so many more out there and the market's glutton. It's like, guys, really, and gals, think of all the animals that have never had a chance to share even a little fragment of who they are with a human animal. Why would they want that? Because they know that we have the power to save this planet and to reestablish a safe home for all of us. So, so if you're interested, if, if you're pondering, give yourself a chance. There's an animal in your life who's asking you to give us a chance. And that's why we're doing this. Because even if every human opened their ears wide, we would all have a full-time job. We'd all have lines of animals just wanting to share a little bit of their wisdom, a little bit of their insight, their fresh creative ideas. I love what you said about pristine nature because we do, we do feel creative when we give ourselves this space. It's like, when was the last time you created anything that wasn't on a to-do list? <laughs> Nature creates stuff that's not a to-do list all the time, and it's just wonderful. You know, nobody wants to go to the accountant. No offense to accountants. I love mine, but we don't want to go there on vacation. 
we want to go see the wild beauty in Africa or Costa Rica or in our backyard. Even if we're having a staycation, we want to. And that's what nature helps us do. Just breathing can really help you get back in your body. I know it really helps me. So we're kind of we're kind of cropping up here on the the um, end of our time today, which always flies by oh so much too fast. But you've got a lot of you with animals and humans in a lot of different ways, and so and there are so many different ways to work with animals. I love that you're living what you're sharing. You have offerings where you can, people can even Zoom with you and take a virtual nature walk and reconnect. I would love it if you would share a little bit about some of the ways where you might be able to help help people who want to get back in their body, who want to feel more connected, who maybe are listening to this and they can't travel. There's just no, it's not feasible right now for whatever reason. Would you kind of get started with somebody? Well, I think um, I do a lot of uh, tailor-made one-on-one either mentoring or courses or um, along whatever variety. And of course, with with that, it's, it's purely based on what the person or group where they are, what they're searching for, what they need. I've uh, been very blessed to be guided to live in a beautiful part of the world. Um, and we have uh, the whales, we have uh, the forest, we have, we have caves uh, where archaeological digs have found evidence of human habitation dating back 70,000 years. We have rock parts. Um, and so some of the things that I do um, to help humans who can travel is I do bespoke retreats uh, one-on-one or um, a day, several days. Um, I can I also do workshops and courses and mentoring and coaching on Zoom or in person. Um, and that includes things like um, working with vibrational tree mists, um, Beautiful forest nearby, Christine Forest and the Forest Steward um, made a range of tree mists based on the trees in the forest and bringing their energy through these vibrational mists. Absolutely beautiful, Platbos Forest tree mist. Um, Working with people with those mists, teaching them how to connect with trees, uh, teaching them how to connect with animals, either their own or with animals as well as teaching them how to connect with nature and how to connect with themselves teaching them through giving them equipping them with the skills to connect with animals connect with nature connect with themselves through reiki through vibrational healing um how to for instance use muscle testing how to ask the body what it wants and how it uh, what it needs and so just the basics is just kind of connecting with humans to bring humans back into connection with nature. I dream of a day, and I'm sorry to say, but I dream of a day when animal communicators are no longer needed as something different. I dream of a day when everybody is there um, in harmony and in balance, back in balance with, because we were there once. It might have been tens of thousands of years ago, but we were there once. And I think we carry that in our DNA. And we can get back to that. But it's just about learning how to undo the worst of what modern day has brought us and bring the best of what all of those ancient traditions 
um, and what we still have within us, bring, it, bring ourselves back to that. Um, I also work with um, animals around the world, doing a lot of uh, trauma release with them. I work with um, big cats, uh, doing rescue and relocation of um, big cats, lions, tigers, uh, cheetahs, leopards, who have, who have been rescued from zoos and places uh, where they've not been looked after and then brought to sanctuary in South Africa. Um, I must say there the difference um, that it makes to the big cats to be able to be prepared for their journey and relocation is incredible. Um, and that as well has been a huge, I think a huge thing for me as well is to see the effect on animals because um, we, I think as animal communicators, we might not often see the, the major impact that it has on the animals in around the world. So as animal communicator, um, I would also recommend if you can get involved uh, with the with a haven, with some place that you can work with where you can give a little bit back of what you have in order to help the animals. Because over the years of, um, I also work with an animal haven where we've worked rehabilitating dogs, donkeys and horses. Um, and then we've retired retirement for the horses and donkeys, but we've uh, worked with the dogs to find them homes. The difference has been incredible for them. Um, and it, it just makes such a difference because we're doing it for the animals. We're doing it, we're doing it to make the world a better place for them because we're the species that has messed it up. We're the species that is unfortunately the one at fault here. And we need to kind of do what we can to make it better for the animals around us because we're the ones who've taken them away. We've taken away where they can live in the wild. We've, we've changed them through breeding over the centuries to not be able to survive on their own. We need to take responsibility for that. And so do a little bit, um, do what you can to give back and do the same for nature. If you can create a wild part of your garden, if you can try and, and um, find and support the local, Call reforestation projects or the local um, the, the places that need the help to to remain pristine. Um, look after look make a change with the pollution. Support uh, support the ocean conservation. Do things like that 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 can that do make a difference. You can make a difference. Everybody can. Uh, and I think that the world needs us more than ever to step forward with what we can do. Another thing I want to say as well is that never think you can't do this. You can. If you're starting off on your journey, um, just give yourself the space to have the doubt. Give yourself permission to feel the doubt and then go, it's okay, but I'm going to do it anyway. I might feel that I'm not getting it right, but I'm going to do it anyway. Just a quick example. I had um, I was running a workshop and um, one of the cats that we were working with in the workshop um, as, a, as a test question for the workshop participants, the question was, where do you like to sleep? And her answer was, on an, in an upside down hat on the roof of a barn. And when we asked, when we asked her human, she said, well, we live in an apartment. Um, and it was the funniest thing, because one of the things I always say in the workshops is that whatever you're getting, know that you are getting it. It might just not make sense at the moment. And so as we unpacked this fantastic little thing, um, the human would eventually came out that when they went on holiday, the cat would go and stay with the mom 
and the mom lived in a two-story house. And the cat would sleep in the top bedroom in a hat box on the bed. And so you could then put those two and two together and find the thing. And I use that as an example to say, whatever you get, no matter how weird it might seem, remember that you might only be getting one little perspective of something. You might only be getting a color or a picture of a flower, but the flower could be a flower pot or a garden or a color on a blanket. Never, ever think that you're not getting something or you got it wrong. Always, always know that when you got something and it comes through your imagination because your brain might not let it through to begin with, but if you're going, but I'm imagining it and maybe I made it up. Yes, you made it up because it's the only way you're going to get through to your brain to begin with. And as you get going with that, you'll suddenly start to tell the difference between make-up imagination and intuition imagination. But practice and keep going with it and don't give up. We need animal communicators. We need so many. And we need to keep we going do. with we do. And I, I absolutely love your analogies because animals are tasked with trying to convey and communicate information with us in a context that is foreign to them, but familiar to us. And yes. it gives us such a wonderful chance to see what seems so normal to us from this crazy new perspective this crazy new pair of funhouse glasses that to us it's an upstairs bedroom with a hat box to our cat it's a barn with a you know with a with a roof and a and a hat box on top of I mean it's like it's how do they see our world it it I feel like it lightens us up in some profound way we're like yeah I guess I could see that you know and it just makes us if this is just not so serious you know it's just asking us to try on a new perspective for size you know how could that I love that how could that be right you know and just ask yourself how could it be right how instead of discount that must not be right wait a minute, this animal is genuinely going out of their way to try to communicate with us. How can I work with this so I understand? It's almost like we've got a translation book, but it's very rudimentary. And so we're going to have to eventually, if you're in a country where you don't really speak the language, if you really got to go to the bathroom, you're going to be able, hopefully, at some point to figure out how to communicate that and find the the toilet or the banos or whatever it is you're looking for, you know? What is such a great analogy? I adore that. I I once had to explain the concept of golf to a horse. (laughs) horse Hmm. But why? (laughs) Right. Exactly. 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 So it's about really waking up, you know, and just just being feeling re-inspired because sometimes when we get to that adult phase of life, it doesn't feel that inspiring. We wake up. Okay, this. Okay, I'm up again. I'm doing the thing again. And I'm going to do the next thing again. I'm going to do the next thing again. And reopening to the fact that not everything that human. I mean, we be we're not an invasive species. We behave like one. There's a big difference. I, I I remember when I first, I, not my first experience of talking to animals, but the first one that was validated for me that, yes, that was an experience of talking to an animal. And I was like, okay, I'm doing it. You know, I'm doing the thing. And I remember feeling like I was a spaceship and a whole bunch of bells and whistles had just turned on inside me that I never knew were there. 
And it makes me feel like, gosh, if everybody could have that experience, because we don't have a manual for all of this, this body, this mind, this, we don't know how they're, everything's connected, you know? And what if you're, what if you have superpowers inside of you that you never even knew were there? Animal communication woke me up to what it means to be alive and how, what it feels like to be alive in a way I never knew was possible. And there's lots and lots of ways to experience animal communication right out in nature. But you can start from wherever you are. And that's the point of Let's Talk to Animals. We bring you a new guest, an animal communicator, an energy worker, a light worker in the field, pet care practitioners, holistic holistic aromatherapist, um, pet wellness. How do we begin to reconnect from the heart and remember at a heart level, what you said, emotionally in the heart, in the body, that we, are, we do belong here? Let's make this a real homey place again for all of us to live and recognize that if, if you're still here, you're already making a difference. You're opening your mind. You're interested. You're wondering. You're playing with some fresh, new, adventurous ideas that only a microcosm of our, of our, of, of our species is even aware is really out there, let alone interested in, you're being brave. I want to say thank you. If you enjoyed Let's Talk to Animals, a young show, we're still pretty new. We're coming up on our 50th episode. So we've got some wonderful resources to share with you. It's always free on YouTube and anywhere that that streaming things stream. You can find us. And if you can't, pop me a line and I'll see what I can do to change that. And if you'd like to hear from someone specific, please let me know and I'll do my best to bring them on the show. You can find us at animallovelanguages.com backslash podcast on YouTube and Spotify, etc. You can find our guest today, Sammy Thompson from Africa at sammythompson.com. And of course, you can find myself and Mr. Pearl and our wonderful little menagerie nesting and biting away at animallovelanguages.com. Uh, Sammy, thank you again so much for donating your time to be a part today and share more about your world and what you do and your love for nature and the planet. Thank you, Very Shannon. inspiring. Thank you. Bless you for everything very that you grateful. do. Very, very Bye. grateful. And to you, uh, please like, subscribe, share all of our love. Okay.